And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another special edition episode of The Assembly Call here on, what's today, Wednesday? Wednesday afternoon. As news has broken uh, this afternoon about the coaching staff, we have been waiting to find out who the third assistant coach would be. We have been waiting to find out what would happen with Mike Roberts. Uh, and we are starting to get some clarity on that. Uh, as just a few minutes ago, uh, the official Indiana basketball account tweeted out uh, a welcome message to Yasir Rosemond. Uh, it says, welcome to Bloomington. So he is going to be the third assistant. Uh, and we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. Uh, but while I was getting the show set up and ready to go, just to talk about that, uh, we also got some news uh, on some other uh, members of the staff. Uh, Mike Roberts is going to remain in the IU program. We're a tweet here from uh, Tyler Talkman. Uh, Mike Roberts will remain in the IU program as the assistant AD for basketball administration. Uh, and Cliff Marshall is going to remain on the staff. Uh, and then Benny Sander and Brian Walsh, who have worked in the IU program for the last four years, will also be retained on staff. Walsh will be the new team and recruitment coordinator. And Sander has been promoted to director of basketball operations. So there we go. Uh, a whole lot of news there about the coaching staff. Um, now, I had hoped uh, to actually be able to have uh, Coach Rosemond on the show uh, here today. Uh, and I guess it could still happen. We were just texting back and forth. Uh, so we will see. Um, but I want to start out uh, talking about that. I want to start out talking about Yasir Rosemond, uh, who is going to be the third assistant coach. Uh, and, you know, I want to talk about that starting off because, you know, I know there have been a lot of questions uh, about him. You know, this is a guy who has a lot of experience. You know, he was an assistant coach at Alabama. He was an assistant coach at Georgia. He was an assistant coach at Oregon, has worked with a lot of guys who ended up going on to the NBA, has worked, you know, with a lot, you know, coaches like Ernie Kent and uh, Mark Fox from Georgia. Uh, you know, he was at Alabama under Avery Johnson. Uh, was there when Colin Sexton was there, uh, you know, has been credited with helping Colin Sexton, you know, kind of rework his shot some and improve there. He was not retained when Nate Oates came on. Uh, and so, you know, after that, then, you know, was still under contract with Alabama, but didn't take another job that season uh, and has been working in player development since. Now, the questions have come up with, with Coach Rosemond uh, because of his name appearing in uh, the FBI report, uh, the the infamous college basketball FBI report. Uh, and I'll just read uh, right from it here. This is from, uh, from Tidesports.com, uh, headline former Alabama assistant among coaches named in federal trial. It says, Rosemond was named by Blazer among a, gr a group of coaches, and we don't need to name all of them, uh, who met with uh, Dawkins, Blazer, and undercover agents. Uh, they didn't receive money because they weren't considered worthy enough yet, i.e. they didn't have the pull with prospects. According to Dan Wetzel of Yahoo Sports, who is co also covering the trial, Rosemont was videotaped at a meeting in Las Vegas telling Dawkins and Blazer, whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. In terms of recruiting resources, Rosemont did not receive any money at the meeting, per Wetzel's report. So this, has, you know, the presence of his name in this has caused a lot of questions, uh, you know, and, and understandably so, uh, you know, given, you know, kind of Indiana's history, right? You know, it, we all, you know, remember what happened with Kelvin Sampson. You know, brought a guy in who, you know, was on probation, had had issues, and then he came in, and kind of the same things happened. Yada yada. I think it's important to to just set a couple things up front here. You know, which is that, you know, Coach Rosemont wasn't investigated by the FBI. I've heard that said, like he was investigated by the FBI. He wasn't. His name appeared in the report. 
but he was not found to have done anything wrong, you know, uh, and so I, I think that that is an important point to mention right off the top. Now, I had, you know, a lot of the same questions, and so I actually reached out to Coach Roseman uh, about a week ago, and he was awesome uh, and just, you know, hopped on the phone, and we kind of talked through uh, all this stuff, you know, because I, I wanted to ask him, you know, questions about that and kind of get his side of the story, uh, and we've talked about him coming on the show so that he can share that side of the story here, um, and, you know, I think I'll, I'll wait and let him do that so that you can hear it from him. But I know just in talking to him for the 30 to 45 minutes that, that we were able to talk, you know, I, this is a guy that I, you know, I, I really liked him. I believed his, you know, his answers on this kind of stuff. And what I found him to be was, is an incredibly genuine, authentic guy uh, who was just really excited about the prospect of possibly becoming a coach at Indiana University, which he now is going to be able to do. And, you know, I think it's it's always so important in situations like these, you know, when, when you have something like this comes out and then you see these knee-jerk reactions happen, it's always good to kind of take a step back and really kind of do your research, you know, and you get an impression of what someone might be in your mind because of how they're perceived or how things are explained. And then you kind of dig into it and that perception kind of fades away and is replaced by something that's more well-rounded and more accurate. And, you know, as I started to research Coach Rosemond, uh, you know, really, you know, kind of, you know, with the first thing, you know, knowing about him, just that he was mentioned in this FBI trial and the, the concerns that some had about that, you know, what I found was a coach that has a lot of experience, you know, has been to a lot of different places, done a lot of different things, uh, and is really, really enthusiastic about building uh, relationships with players, about developing players, which is what he's been doing. You know, you can, you know, you look through his his Twitter feed and it's a, you know, a who's who of, of highly ranked prospects that he's working with, that he's working out. Uh, and he's a guy who obviously has a lot of connections, you know, from his time in coaching in a lot of different places, you know, in the South out West, he's a very connected guy. Uh, you know, and he obviously, you know, has relationships. Uh, he worked, I believe at Oregon with Kenny Payne, uh, the former Kentucky coach who now is with the Knicks. And obviously a lot of people have drawn connections there, uh, because Mike Woodson was then working, uh, with Kenny Payne. So it, uh, to my knowledge, he doesn't, he hasn't had any experience working with coach Woodson, but I think that's where, uh, where the connection comes from. So, you know, but if you haven't seen, and I'll, I'll try to remember to put links to these in the show notes, uh, but he did a series of videos uh, on YouTube, a series of just kind of discussions with another host called Recruiting in a Pandemic, or Recruiting in the Pandemic. And these were essentially videos meant to educate parents and players on how to navigate the recruiting process, especially during the difficulty of a pandemic. And these are hour-long videos, really in-depth, and it's he and a co-host just kind of going back and forth, sharing their experience. And you know, you watch this and you can see how incredibly helpful it would be to parents. And, and this is, you know, as, as I watched that, as I talked to him, as I did my research, you know, the caricature of, you know, and someone put it in the chat, you know, Indiana got their bag man and all this stuff. That caricature to me, you know, based on the stuff I was reading in my conversation with him really started to fade away and was replaced much more by a hungry coach, uh, a grinder and a guy who, you know, you might think, oh, you know, this guy's, you know, been in, he's been at Georgia, he's been at Oregon. What's he going to know about Indiana basketball? You know, we talked about it. He had a, a rich understanding of Indiana basketball. You know, he's similar age to, you know, to what I am. 
you know, and, and grew up with a with a, a great respect for Indiana basketball. So, you know, I really think I'm, I'm really excited to have him on the show. He just texted me and said, you know, can't wait to talk with you. It probably isn't going to happen right now, uh, but we'll you know try and get something tonight, tomorrow, at some point. I really think that you guys are going to like this guy, um, and I really like him. And so, uh, you know, I, I've I've spent a lot of time thinking, you know, okay, if he's the higher you know, what do I think about this? Because, you know, it's like anything else. I mean, it doesn't come without risks, I suppose. And and our fan base tends to be a little bit more knee jerk when the risks, you know, seem like they may be tied to rules and all of that stuff. Um, but, you know, number one, he doesn't come with the baggage of actually having broken them or being on probation or anything like that, even though it gets portrayed that way uh, sometimes. So I think there's a, there's a lot to like because I think he brings a nice balance to the staff. You know, you've got you know, Kenya Hunter and Dane Fife are obviously very established uh, assistant coaches. You know, Kenya Hunter has already shown us what he can do as a recruiter, as a guy that a lot of people have pegged as a future head coach. Dane Fife, we know about, you know, his history with Indiana. If you haven't watched his media availability yesterday, I've probably watched it twice by now. Uh, it's fantastic, you know, and you can you can see the love he has for Indiana University. And so having that back plus his Big Ten experience is great. But I think in this new template for Indiana basketball and what Indiana basketball is going to look like, you know, from the vision that Scott Dolson shared when he hired Mike Woodson, you know, it's to have more of an eye towards, you know, how are we going to sell to kids that they are going to be able to come here, help us win games at Indiana, but also reach their goals in the NBA, right? We've got this coach that has NBA experience, you know, but also, you know, combines that NBA experience with great IU experience. So it kind of makes him, you know, the the perfect head man for this new template. But then if you're going to kind of complete that and maximize it, what you also need are people who can recruit on a national level, people who have, you know, connections that that maybe you don't have or that another coach on your staff doesn't have. And because of Coach Rosemond's background and just the varying different places that he's been, I think he brings some of those contacts and he brings some of those relationships. And I think that's going to be really important. And the other thing is, and, you know, he and I talked about this, you know, reflecting on what Scott Dolson had said at that introductory press conference when he had talked with the players and how what the players wanted is more relationships, more development, uh, you know, and a better offense, uh, you know, a more wide open offense, you know, well, relationships and development were one, two. And it's very clear that he's big on relationships with players and he's clearly big on development. And it's funny, I read an article that, that really gave him a, a pretty decent amount of credit for helping Colin Sexton, you know, fix his shot when they were at Alabama. And, you know, I'd watched a lot of film and kind of helped him with stuff. And I asked him about that and he was unwilling to take any credit. <laughs> he was unwilling to take any credit whatsoever for, for kind of helping. He was very humble in that regard. But you can tell he's a guy that loves just getting out there and working with players, man, you know, and gosh, if there's one thing that has disappointed us all over the last few years, it's the lack of development. You know, it's really kind of sounded like the development, you know, a lot of the development was kind of on the players, you know, well, he's a guy who really seems like he just loves being in the gym and working with guys and really, and wants to take ownership of that. And, you know, and the other thing that really came across, I, you know, you can, you know, anybody can tweet, you know, anything they want. Where's, uh, let me see where his tweet is uh, after, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it, something. Uh, he said, like, God is good or God is great. There we go. God is good. So happy to be part of the Hoosier family uh, right after they tweeted it. 
And that's really, that's the other thing that came across to me when we talked is just, he's really excited about this opportunity. He really is, you know? And, and I think, like you said, you know, he's been out of coaching for a couple of years. I think, you know, part of that was just, he was still under contract with Alabama. So he was still being paid by Alabama. So he didn't need to to rush back into it. You know, it is worth noting that everybody in that, you know, the FBI article that everybody cites, all those names in the same paragraph uh, with Coach Rosemont, Anthony Coleman, Steve Smith, Raphael Chilius, Amir Abdur Rahim, those guys are all working again in college basketball, you know, just as now uh, Coach Rosemont is, and he was obviously vetted by the university. So I understand why people are going to have questions. I understand why the knee jerk reaction of seeing an assistant coach that's being hired by Indiana mentioned in an FBI article is going to cause a little bit of concern. And I, I, I'm not going to tell you, you know, not to have just a little bit of caution, like that's fine. Um, but I can, I can tell you that I have really come around on liking this hire and, and really being excited about this guy. And so, so anyway, I'm, I'm excited to have him come on the show here whenever that happens, uh, and, and have him be able to share his story and just kind of share his enthusiasm with you guys. Cause I think you're really gonna, gonna like him. And I think he's going to be a good compliment to the staff. Now we will see, you know, that this is, you know, the, I think the, Kind of the one thing that now I'm thinking about with this staff is, you know, staffs a lot of times look good on paper. You know, when Archie was hired, that staff looked good on paper. It's like, wow, we got Archie Miller, this up and coming coach. And now we got Ed Schilling, who's got contacts with Keon Brooks, and he's going to deliver Keon, and he's big on development. And then Bruiser Flint, my goodness, he's been a head coach before, and he's got, you know, all this stuff. And then Tom Ostrom, he's worked with Archie. I mean, you know, and I wrote an article about how great that staff looked on paper. Staff didn't turn out to be quite as good as we thought. Obviously, the results weren't there. And so it's very easy for all of us to talk ourselves into the idealized version of this staff. And what's it going to look like when everything is perfect, when Kenya Hunter's out landing all these recruits, and you've got two potential head coaches on the bench, and Dane Fife is doing Dane Fife things. And now, you know, you see Rosemond is here, you know, to really be a player development guy and help get recruits and do all of this stuff, you know, and oh my gosh, that mod is there. You know, the, the the one concern that I will say is, you know, we, we have a staff with a lot of people with credentials. It seems like each guy is in a position where he can really succeed based on his history and his skills. And yet we've never seen all these guys work together before. And so that's the question that I now have is, you know, especially with an NBA coach coming and leading a staff in college, how do they work? How do they coalesce? Dane Fife talked about it, where now he has to recruit to his head coach, which he's never done before. He's been recruiting to Tom Izzo. Now he has to recruit to Mike Woodson. You know, same thing. You see, Rosemont has recruited to to other coaches. Now he's got to do it, you know, to for Mike Woodson. How does all that work together? And maybe it works together great. You know, my guess is like anything else, you know, when people are kind of, you know, put together and, you know, in a, in a situation like this and they've got to work and they're all strong-willed people with visions for how it should go, you know, there will be bumps in the road. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited about this staff. You know, would I have liked to see Michael Lewis on the staff? Yes. And I've said that, you know, if, if, if we could have gotten Michael Lewis on the staff, I absolutely would have, would have loved that. Um, and I don't know enough, uh, you know, I guess with any staff, with any recruit, anything, it's about opportunity cost, right? It's like, okay, you got this guy, but who could you have gotten? You know, I don't know enough about the assistant coach landscape out there to tell you, well, there's these 10 other guys that would have been really good, you know, cause maybe there are. You know, and 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 I don't know that. 
All I can tell you is from the research I did on Coach Rosemont and from talking to him one-on-one, I like him and I think he's going to be a good fit. And I think, you know, it doesn't seem to me like he's just a guy that's coming to Indiana to get a job and to use it as a stepping stone. He seems to really appreciate the opportunity at Indiana. And, I, you know, that's what you want. You know, why is everybody so excited about Dane Fife? It's because, man, when Dane Fife talks about Indiana basketball, you can just see it dripping off of every word, the love and appreciation he has to be back in Bloomington, to be working here, right? Well, obviously, none of the other coaches are going to have that, uh, you know, th- that that same thing that Dane has. But I did get some of that sense from from Coach Rosemond that he really appreciates the opportunity and is going to come in here and work his butt off to make the most of it. So more on this to come, certainly, but I just wanted to give you my initial reaction to it um, and share. You know, I didn't want to talk a lot about having talked with him until, you know, the it became official, even though, you know, it's kind of been the rumor for a while and we thought this was going to happen. Um, but I feel comfortable sharing that stuff now, and I'm very excited for him to come share uh, his thoughts on his own. So, you know, look for that uh, moving forward. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Uh, let's talk real quick about Mike Roberts. Very excited that he's going to stick with the staff. You know, there were some, you know, some uh, thoughts that, you know, look, Mike Roberts is a pretty accomplished assistant coach, as we talked about when he came over. You know, he was with UNC Greensboro uh, with a staff that's really kind of an up-and-coming staff and a coach that gets mentioned for a lot of big jobs there in Wes Miller. Uh, and he left that position and the security and potential of that position to come back to Indiana because he loved being here and was here for a couple of years. And then that head coach gets fired and he's in limbo. Uh, but, you know, certainly he did enough to impress upon the people in the athletic department that he should be back. And so he is going to be back in a, in a support role. And I, I don't think you can have enough people like Mike Roberts on your staff, you know, guys who, you know, again, have, have been here, understand how it works at Indiana, you know, and now, you know, you can bring in a guy like coach Rosemond who appreciates Indiana basketball, but isn't going to have the firsthand knowledge of how things work in Bloomington and, you know, what, you know, kind of how things are done and what the, what the landscape is like. But now he's going to be, you know, Mike Woodson has obviously the background in that. Dane Fife does. That Mata, you know, has some of that background. Mike Woodson is. So I think having this continuity is really good. And I think for a team that is really talented and, you know, look, Dane Fife talked about this in his press availability. You know, he called Indiana's team last year an NCAA tournament team. And I mean, a lot of us agree in terms of the personnel was there. The expectation to make the NCAA tournament was fair. The bottom just fell out of the dang thing over the last few weeks of the season. But there is still a lot of ability on the roster. And when you add in guys like Xavier Johnson and Parker Stewart, I, you know, my kind of initial read on things, you know, without until we see who all is going to be here from the other Big Ten teams, who's coming and going, like all that stuff. 
I don't see any reason right now why why Indiana can't be one of the four or five best teams in the Big Ten. Now maybe that'll change when we see what the rosters are, but I think with what we have, I think that's I think that's very possible. Which means it would be an NCAA tournament team. So when you have that kind of roster coming back, and you're going to have the upheaval of a new coach and a new system, and gosh, even a coach who's kind of learning how things work in college, you know, so you got to adjust to all that. Having the stability of hey, Coach Roberts is still here. Hey, Cliff Marshall is still here. You know, doing you know his work with the with the weight training. I think that's only going to help. You know, and, and the other support staff members, Walsh and the other you know the other guys. So I think that's really good for this set of personnel being able to maximize what it can do. You know, a backcourt that looks to be better with the additions of Xavier Johnson and Parker Stewart. You know, possibly the reemergence of Rob Finnessy, the development of Christian Lander, and then. You know, you're all American and Trace Jackson Davis, you know, and guys coming back like Race Thompson. A lot of ability here. So the fact that it's a change that was needed at the very top from the head coach, but stability otherwise, I think is really good. The other thing I want to mention, and I can't stay on too long because I got to go pick up my daughter. So this was just meant to be a a, a quick little quick hitter. We'll obviously talk about this much more on Assembly Call Radio uh, tomorrow night. The other thing I want to talk about is Joey Brunk. Um, was definitely surprised and was a little disappointed to see the news that he's going to go elsewhere. But I think it also made sense, you know, and it sounds like he was pretty much told, you know, that, you know, with the new system and how things are going, you know, he may not be the best fit. That's fine. It's not like a value judgment on him as a player necessarily. It's more that, you know, now with a system that isn't so built around two bigs and isn't going to be so built around dumping it into a guy with his back to the basket, it's it's a little bit tougher, a little bit of a tougher fit for Joey Bronk, especially if Mike Woodson wants to, you know, do some more switching and do some of that. And so I think, you know, with Race Thompson coming back to help provide some depth and Logan Duncan coming in, Indiana can absorb Joey Bronk being gone. To be clear, I would rather have Joey Brunk. I think his leadership is important. I think his toughness is important. You know, we saw the last time he could play, you know, just him being able to do Joey Brunk things. He was able to go out and save Indiana's bacon in that game at Connecticut. He was able to save Indiana in that home game against Minnesota with just hustle and heart. And I think last year, Indiana gets two or three more wins with Joey Brunk because some of those close games, some of those games without energy where Indiana just needed a rudder, Joey Brunk can be that guy because he's got that experience, he's got that leadership, he's got that toughness. You don't just replace that. And I think that still could have been useful on, on next year's roster. But it does free up some minutes for guys who have more athletic ability in a system that seems to be catered a little bit more toward getting up and down the court and really maximizing the athletic talents of the players more than what Archie Miller's system did. So I think for Joey's best interests, you know, going to another place may be an opportunity for him to play more, get more touches, all of that stuff. And I think Indiana can absorb it, even though I think having him as part of the locker room you know, would only have made things better. I just don't know how many minutes he actually would have gotten. But that's my quick take on that. Um, uh, you know, otherwise, but, you know, a, a, a good day for, for Indiana basketball today, I think. You know, finding out that, that we're going to have some of the stability, getting Coach Rosemond on board, and now we can we can press forward. 
Um, and you know, start to see now the, the unanswered questions are who else does Indiana bring in from the transfer portal? You know, sounds like they really want to get some more shooting. Certainly with Joey Brunk being gone, you know, maybe there's a little bit more of an impetus to get a big guy, especially if it's a young big guy who can develop over a couple of years. Cause you're going to need that with trace gone next year and, and race Thompson gone next year and Joey Brunk already gone. So, you know, and then, you know, do you find another wing, uh, preferably a guy, you know, six, five to six, seven who can shoot it, uh, but just someone who can add some shooting that you lost from Armand Franklin. So there are still areas of the roster to improve, but I think still, as we sit here on April 14th, um, I'm really excited about everything that's happened on balance. I'm excited about this hire, uh, and I'm, I'm excited for, for our chance to talk to coach wrote to coach Rosemond and to be able to share that with you. So anyway, just a real quick episode. Wanted to get some of those thoughts out there. Let you guys know what I was thinking about it. Uh, join us tomorrow night for assembly call radio. Andy will be there. Coach will be there. Ryan is not going to be able to be there. He's had, I think LASIK, uh, surgery. So we can't stare at a computer screen for right now. So don't worry. We're still going to get scouting reports from Ryan on Xavier Johnson, uh, you know, and get all of his thoughts on stuff. He's going to have some, some pent up hot takes, uh, coming. Uh, so we'll get those, uh, and I should be able to be on tomorrow night too. Probably won't be there for the first half hour or so while I'm doing bedtime with my daughter, but then I'll pop on after that, uh, and get it rolling. So the last thing I want to say before I sign off here is thank you to everybody who is on our email list, who has been sharing our email list with other people. We launched that ambassador program. So if you're on the email list, you know what I'm talking about uh, with you know a bunch of different rewards. You know, But two people who are in the chat right now, Jen and Jay, have absolutely set the pace. They've both already referred more than 40 people, each one of them, 40 people who weren't on the email list already. Uh, they have referred them to uh to the email list to continue growing that you know there's there's a lot of enthusiasm with indiana basketball right now and i'm really excited to bring more people into our community uh you know more people here for the live shows more people in our private discussion community more people on the email list this thing is going to get fun you know it's always fun it's less fun in seasons like the last few but it's always fun but gosh you know, you, you feel the enthusiasm that's happening and it feels like it's going to get a lot more fun. And you know what makes it even more fun than that? Sharing it with each other and with all of you guys and with a community uh, where we can talk about this stuff, get excited about it, commiserate, you know, when things don't go as well as we want to celebrate when they do. Uh, and I think, you know, Dane Fife had some really good points about how we all as an Indi- as Indiana fans, Indiana community, Indiana media, all of that stuff have our role to play in supporting the program. Doesn't mean that you can't ever be critical, but it does mean that there are ways to do this that propel things forward and that put positive vibes out there, you know, in the world for the community. That's what we've always wanted to do here with the assembly call, both the show and the community. And so I'm really excited to bring more people in, you know, tell friends about the show, uh, you know, tell friends about the email list, about the private, you know, discussion community. We like to see our roles as just kind of leading the discussion, giving us all a place to, to kind of come around uh, and congregate around the team. And we are really excited to continue doing that. Weren't as excited about it six weeks ago. <laughs> Things didn't seem quite as exciting. But man, we are enthusiastic about it now. And it seems like a lot of you are too. So anyway, uh, thank you to, to all the, the ambassadors who have been out there sharing the email list. Really appreciate that. If you don't, didn't get that email and you want the details to see how you can get cool rewards like the limestone coaster or an assembly call uh, hoodie or an assembly call t-shirt, just send me an email, jared at assemblycall.com, and I will let you know so that you have all those details. All right, I have got to go. I got to go pick up my daughter, uh, but we'll be back. Um, 
We'll see. I'll see when I can talk to Coach Rosemond. Could be later tonight. Could be tomorrow. We'll see, but we'll get that to you. And then uh, we'll talk to you guys on Assembly Call Radio coming up tomorrow night. Have a great evening. Have a great afternoon and a great evening. And I'll talk to you all soon. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.